of Holiness podcast with Reverend Carolyn Moore and Reverend Pierce Drake. Join us today as we lean into practical holiness, intergenerational relationships, and supernatural ministry. This is a New Room Network podcast. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Art of Holiness podcast. So good to be with you as always. Um, Carolyn, I don't know about you on this uh, well day that we're recording, getting ready to drop the episode on Tuesday morning, but um, just, you know, we took a break and now we've been back in it for just over a month and it just feels mm-hmm. good to be back in the space. It feels good to listen to old conversations and, and line up some new conversations and, uh, uh, you know, you run really fast and you forget sometimes what a gift things are. And I'm just reminded of what a gift this is to me to be a part of this and uh, hopefully for our listeners as well. Yeah, I hope so. I surely hope so. One of the nice things to me is that this feels like pre-COVID to me. Mm. You know, this somehow feels like uh, the, you know, the old rhythm, kind of yeah. catching the old rhythm. And I know that you know people say, don't go back the way it was before COVID, but some of those rhythms were not bad rhythms. <laughs> they just got disturbed. And so, and this is one of them, you know, just taking the opportunity every week to uh, sink into a more intentional conversation about supernatural ministry or intergenerational encouragement or uh, what it means to walk with Jesus in a more intentional way. Those are just, um, those are good conversations. So yeah, I'm really grateful. Yeah. So we've got a few conversations left to release from New Room Conference 2022. As we get ready, this is a New Room Network podcast, as we get ready for Conference 23 here in September at the Woodlands Methodist Church. So if Mm -hmm. you haven't signed up, go ahead and do that. Um, Cannot wait. I mean, think about it. Like, you know, we've been as as a part of New Room and just the New Room movement as a whole and Seedbed, but sowing for a great awakening. And so we gathered last in Nashville. And now this year we're in, in Texas. And between those two events have been uh, the Asbury outpouring, you yeah. know, which is a lot of family and friends, you know, were part of that and, and um, on multiple levels, uh, seen and unseen. And then, um, Carolyn, I don't know how much you know about it. the Awakening Project happened just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the Awakening Project is basically the same thing New Room's doing, but it's saying like, hey, like for young adults, for college students, right? Right. Who want to sew for a great awakening. And it's in its third year. And it went from, you know, uh, Dr. Siemens and Tom Tanner and Mark Swayze and, you know, Austin Jessica Avery, Jessica Avery. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, got their first gathering, I think it was like 50 or 60, maybe college students. And this year there was over 250 college students from around the world flew in for a few days. Wow. And um, it feels like Swayze and I were talking about it. There's a sense of like this feeling of, you know, the beginning of new room, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, back when it was around round tables and yeah. a few hundred people and God's just yeah. put his hand on new room and, and seed bed and God's doing the same here. And so all this is just building, you know, and um, we're excited to be a part of it. So excited to release a few new episodes uh, from those conversations back in right. Nashville last year. And it's a, and it's a, it's a, um, it's a nice counterpoint to the idea that the next generation doesn't need Jesus or Come that on. they don't want real spirituality or that they don't believe in the church anymore. Actually, the next generation is, uh, is hungry 
yes. for real guidance. And yeah. um, and speaking of that, the the guy we're talking to today just is all about the next generation and about intergenerational ministry in general. Aaron Calhoun is a Foursquare pastor, church planter, director of Next Gen Ministries with the Foursquare Church. And really cool just hearing a little bit more about the Foursquare Church as he shares about it. He lives in the South, but is part of a um, of a tribe that is mostly out West. So uh-huh. cool to hear about the Foursquare Church. This guy is just bright, humble, faithful, um, really enthusiastic about how to build intergenerational relationships inside the church. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this conversation and we'll talk to you on the other side. Aaron, thanks for being with us. Thank you for coming to New Room. Thank you for saying yes to the invitation. Um, You spoke last night and uh, just dropped a word on this place that that shifted the room. And uh, and so thank you for your faithfulness. You know, for those of us that preach, I don't preach that much, but y'all preach a lot. You know, the thing I know is how much time was spent on your knees and in prayer and through tears that led to what's on the paper um, that then the Holy Spirit spoke to you. So thank you for your obedience in the word that you brought last night. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so you're Foursquare Pastor. And as, as I said before we came online, um, in, in on the West Coast... People know about Foursquare. Right. On yeah. the East Coast, people have got no clue what you're talking about. Right. So, on the East Coast, it's a game you play like on the playground. That's right. It's that's a right. game you play on the playground. That's right. Yeah. But, but, but my guess is, listeners, even if you don't know what Foursquare is, you have connections you don't even realize right. you have. If right. you've ever sung some of those old praise choruses, Majesty, Worship is Majesty, yeah. Yeah. Um, those, were, those, were, those came out of the Foursquare Church via... Jack Hayford, yes. and, and so a great heritage and a really rich tradition that is Wesleyan in its in its uh, voice. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Foursquare Church. Tell us first yeah. about it, and then what drew you to it, or did you grow and up and your in story it? in that? Like, yeah, yeah we sure. want yeah. We want to learn more about you. Hear more yeah. about you. Yeah. So Foursquare uh, started by Amy Simba McPherson. You know, we're coming up on our 100 year centennial year next year. Next year. Yeah. So that's really really exciting. Yeah. Everything that guys do in the Foursquare Church. So. Um, you know, Jesus is Savior, baptized in the Holy Spirit, healer, soon coming King. And, and for us, you know, my wife and I, Melissa, Foursquare was really a, a call home for us. So we uh, ran into Foursquare in Huntsville, Alabama, where we were actually going through premarital counseling to get married in a Foursquare church. At the time, we didn't even know what Foursquare was. But our <laughs> counselor, she was a female pastor uh-huh. in that church uh-huh. who was doing our marriage counseling. And so, Real quick, what was your church background so before my that? Church background, growing up as a kid, Holiness, uh, Holiness Pentecostal. Okay. Mm-hmm. My wife was Southern Baptist. Okay. I got discipled in a Southern Baptist church with yep. a youth pastor who has an affinity to the gifts of the spirit. Okay. So you kind of whole gospel discipleship yeah. there. Yeah. And then from Southern Baptist denomination to Foursquare. Wow. So that's kind of my, wow. my, my shaping and spiritual Love formation that. there. So. so I think you named them, but say again, the four squares are. So Jesus is savior. Uh-huh. Jesus is baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Jesus is healer. And Jesus is soon coming king. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and so on gospel. those four pillars, mm-hmm. a whole tradition. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and t- how is how is the Foursquare Church structured? And how did, kind of where do you fit? How does that work? You're a church planter. So kind of walk us through the process of getting where you are mm-hmm. through that tradition. Yeah. Great question. So 
uh, the, the Foursquare Church, in the U.S. at least, we have districts that kind of separate the geography of the land. But, uh, you know, we're a modified Episcopal kind of model when it comes to governance. And so what's cool about that is as you are in a local Foursquare Church and you really feel that call to vocational ministry, there is a licensing process. So you go through that with doctrine, practical, polity based on Amy's upbringing, her, her missionary journey. You learn about the history of it. You know, you go through a beautiful interview process. And then once you go and pass that, you're licensed. And then you serve faithfully for two years and you enter into an ordination process. And so it's, it's really, really cool to see the empowerment of Foursquare. And I think what really drew us was not only the empowerment of male and female leadership, but really the beautiful, intentional diversity ethnically in Foursquare. I mean, we have more Foursquare churches outside the U.S. So I think it's about 120,000 last time I checked to comparatively 5,000 churches in the U.S. So we're, we're, we're definitely the capital C church sending missionaries, very missional minded. And uh, that that drew us in because we, we saw the Great Commission in action by the power of the Spirit. I have to tell you that I have a, I have Foursquare to thank in a pretty significant way. Um, there's a pastor, Mary Kate Morse. She's mm. do you know the name at all? I'm not familiar with no. that name. She's she's a professor at Fuller now. Mm. She's Foursquare. Mm-hmm. She started two Foursquare churches, one by herself, one with a team. And when I was kind of in the middle of my church planning journey. And beginning to stir around with that question, like, what does it take for women to lead? What, what does it take for women to plant? I can't figure out what the missing link is here mm. or what, are, what the challenge is here that's not being named. And I, and I went out there and started looking for women planters, and I found Mary-Kate Morse. And I remember her saying to me, yeah, and the Foursquare Church is happening all the time. It's yeah. like, not on my side of the country. Y'all aren't on my side of the country. <laughs> she met me in Atlanta. We ended up talking, and, and she's the one who first planted that that itch in me mm. to do the research wow. on what Come happens on. when women plant churches. Mm-hmm. So I have the Foursquare Church and Mary-Kate Morse to thank for that. So how about you? What what led you to plant? Mm-hmm. And um, and how did that, you were in Alabama. How did you get from Alabama to, to Tallahassee? Yeah, so <sighs> COVID hits, right? Mm-hmm. 2020. And right before COVID hit, our senior pastor invited about three couples in Restoration Foursquare Church in Huntsville, Alabama, mm-hmm. into Foursquare's newly revamped church planning cohort called Multiply. Mm-hmm. It was completely revamped. And so they invited us to be part of that, that new cohort training process. Mm-hmm. And so we go into it <laughs> thinking, okay, great, cool, more leadership development for us, more yeah. discipleship. Yeah, 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 Not yeah. having a clue that it's church planning. <laughs> so wow. we're, we're going into the veil's it. torn away. I'm telling you, <laughs> like, as we're, we're like, oh, this is about starting a new gospel work. Oh, okay. And so what was cool for Valissa and I, as we're going through this, God began to stir in our hearts. And we, we, we begin to see his heart for the harvest. And as we're going through it, about halfway through, we knew that our time in our local church context in Alabama, God was starting to close that door. And, and we just begin to sense that. And so we begin to pray into that. And after I spoke at a summer camp, uh, we got back and I talked with one of our church planning coaches. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, his name is Peter. I said, Peter, dude, like people are asking, where are we pastoring? Are we planning? And like, I, I don't know what God's stirring in us, but something's happening. And he said, well, maybe you want to look into that and really yeah. go on a discovery with Jesus about what new step and new thing he's inviting you into. And so a few weeks later, 
our district team brought Tallahassee to us to think about and pray about for an opportunity that had just came up. And so we took three days last September and we prayer walked the city. We met people on the streets. We ran into the homeless. We went on the college campuses. We went to the elderly assistant living facilities. We walked the land. We prayed. And it was seemingly like God was saying, here's your next step. And so December 2021, we moved by faith. And we were in Tallahassee last December. And we did some soft launches with House Church Model in February of this year. Listen, I got to tell you, anybody, this is my theory, anybody who plants a church anywhere in the vicinity of covid gets to the front of the line when you get to heaven. <laughs> Jesus said, you need to be able to get there, get checked in, and sit down. Because <laughs> Jesus knows you have worked hard. Yeah. You're, you're doing this in such, an, such a challenging time. Yeah. Such a challenging time. So Yeah, so we talked a little bit off camera right before we started about what, that, what your churches look like now, the house church looks like. Tell us about kind of the demographic, the age, your people, um, as y'all are nine months in mm-hmm. um, to, to planting. Yeah, great question, Pierce. I think right now we are in this toddler phase of church planting. Uh, <laughs> so we have probably half, when I say half, of about 14 people. Half are 70 and older, and then two young families and a few young adults. And so Tallahassee is a college town. Yeah, it is. But it's also the capital of Florida. Yeah. And there are small businesses everywhere. Uh-huh. So so this this culture is is ever moving. There's there's ebbs and flows of yeah. traffic with football season. Yeah. Meetings for the politicians. So so things are wow. always changing and happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now I would say we're making disciples in a early stage of intergenerational relationships. And so we have pillars. Um, We have like three 80-year-olds, y'all, who have lived in Tallahassee all their life. They've seen so much, so many God stories, so many miracles. They they were in the Jesus movement in the 70s. I mean, they've seen God move. And so right now, I'm learning the beauty of honoring what God has done. Because that that faithfulness that he displayed in their lives, they're bringing that to us as millennials, Gen Z. And so now we're hearing and listening and learning, but also inviting everybody, including the older generation, into a season of a new wineskin. And so there, there's that dynamic as well. But it's, it's really, really cool because we're in a learning season right now as we're still meeting new people. Yeah, so talk to me and talk to pastors, you know, like all of us. Like, how are you empowering them? that older generation to do that work of not only just sharing your stories, but pouring in all of that stuff, right? How many people have we talked to in their seventies and eighties and, and that kind of, you know, fourth quarter of life to use football analogy that are like, I don't know my job's over. I don't know what the, but man, there's still so much in you, not just to give out, but there's so much in their call for the kingdom of God. How are you empowering them to do that work? Yeah. One of the first things that Melissa and I did, we before we did our first soft launch in, into a house church model, we, we met with them um, and we just bared our hearts and said, hey, what's your story? We wanted to honor their faithfulness to the Lord. I think from there, building that uh, that relational trust so that they could not just quote unquote, be on the shelf. Like, no, you still have purpose. You still have life to give. You still have wisdom from the Lord. We need that. And so I I begged them. I said, please, we need you as gospel papas and gospel mamas. There are, there are young adults who, who, who need what you have, 
please pour into them. So, so, so practically, on, on, pastors on, on, beg, <laughs> beg. That's what I just heard. <laughs> beg your people. We need uh, it. We, we do. We need Christ I'm with in you. them. I'm with you. So, on a practical sense, uh, we, we do small groups when we gather, mm. and so I intentionally mix our small groups. I make sure that it's it's diverse in age. It's diverse in in, in different ethnicity. Like, hey, I, I want our older generation guiding, facilitating, and guiding these biblical conversations. And what's cool is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to operate as they lead out front by example. And then the few younger ones that we have, they're slowly starting to catch on. Yeah, what I love about that so much is that, especially when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, when you're, for a younger person, it's so easy it's like, you know, when the fire goes really fast mm-hmm. and it's all excitement and it's really, but, but that's not where the real heat is. Yeah. The real heat is after it dies down a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and so for, for a person who has some, not just, not even just age on them, but experience yeah. Yeah. with yeah. the gifts yeah. of the right. spirit, yeah. right. when the, when the initial flare up has died down and the coals are really hot, mm. that's when you're getting the more mature gift, mm. really. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was talking, uh, we, we said earlier, Jack Hayford, when I was out there, just hearing his gift of tongues, mm-hmm. that's a whole different world than the, you know, two or three syllables that you might hear from right. a two-year-old. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a man who's been praying in, in the language of angels for mm-hmm. a long, long yes. time. <laughs> so talk about how the gifts of the Spirit are lived out in the Foursquare tradition, or at least in your church. Yeah. So I would say in the four square tradition, it is not only welcomed, uh, it is one of the primary ways we share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gifts of the spirit are always active. They're always continuing. Mm-hmm. And my experience in Foursquare is that those gifts charge us to the Great Commission. Um, I, I see it in, in disciple-making meetings, in staff meetings, uh, when, when we're you know meeting for global prayer on Zoom calls. I mean, the, the gifts of the Spirit are always present yeah. every time we gather. And so I, I don't know a way to do gospel ministry without the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's just something that, that I think God has given the church yeah. as, as a way to reach hard hearts. Because yeah. for, for me, personal conviction, Gifts of the Spirit are gateways to the gospel. It it, it points people to someone greater than us. So in our church right now, um, we've really been seeing the gift of prophecy, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Uh And we've been praying for healing. Um, We had had one of our older uh, ladies in the church have to go to the doctor for uh, retina. uh, It's kind of like a retina surgery. And so, uh, you know, one Sunday we all just laid hands by faith in this post-COVID age and just yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. laid hands on her eye. She goes to the doctor two weeks later. They found nothing wrong with her oh, retina. Wow. And so, like, modeling wow. that to yeah. our young adults yeah. so they can see that and say, yeah. hey, as a body, yes. not just Aaron, the senior pastor. No, yes. no, all of us together yes. walking in the gifts of the Spirit, moving by faith, yeah. we see God respond. Yeah. And, and so sharing, it's just stirring their faith. And sharing that story. Yes. Sharing that story of the testimony. Yes. Of the healing yeah. of those moments mm-hmm. um, is so, so important. Yeah. 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 What are you, as you guys um, step into this, st- you know, toddler stage, I would say, do you have kids? 
Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, so I've got a three and a half year old. I, I would say you're not quite yet the toddler stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe infant. Infant stage. Uh, uh, toddler stage is when, uh, to me, uh, when she got like mobile and started running, uh, not walking, but running. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just messing with you. Uh, but but as you as you got sent to Tallahassee, or it got you got put in front of you. God's call got put on your heart. Like God set a fire in you and Melissa's uh, heart for that city. Um, you talked about you prayer walked the city. What are you seeing in Tallahassee, mm. um, in your local congregation, or in your city as you pray for not just you know the church, but for for this region, for this area? What are yeah. you seeing? I think right now, Pierce, I am seeing God waking up hearts um so recently so this is like like when i say recently like like about three weeks ago the government emailed a lot of pastors in tallahassee and they said we want to have a conversation around mental health we need faith-based leaders in the room now when, when you get an email like that when 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 the culture that god is planning you in is asking for wow Right. Faith-based leaders to, to come in. It's a heavy have, favor. That's the favor of God. A favor. That, that's the support of God. Absolutely. And so when, when doors open like that, for me, my discernment is like, okay, Holy Spirit, right. you're yeah. opening up the hearts of those who may have been turned against the Father. Right. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm seeing that. There are a lot of young families moving to Tallahassee. And so with that, there comes growth numerically in the city. It seems God is setting something up in Tallahassee for him to break out with the gospel. And so things like that where we we get to partner, you know, with the the, the city in in those ways, um, it it shows to me a door or even a window that, that God is opening for the kingdom to advance. So I'm excited about that. Right. In, in a college town, I served in Athens, Georgia for five years before I went where I am now. I actually planted a, a, a second service off the campus of the church that I was part of. Um, in a college town, the, the clash of cultures is really pronounced. I mean, it's, you, don't, you don't have to imagine anything. It right. is right there in your face. Right. Um, so to have the culture come to you really is a gift of God. Yeah. Um, but, wow. yeah. but, but it's also a sign mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, in a college town, mm-hmm. one group by themselves cannot get it That's all it. done, That's right? Yeah. They just can't get it all done. And yeah. so, so talk about how... Talk about how you, as a you're you're a new church to the area. You've done your research. You've done your spiritual mapping. But you're now, you know, you're now beginning to to to, to build a, a a launching pad. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about what that's like to to build um, to build networks inside inside the community with other churches. Yeah. To build networks with other organizations mm-hmm. and even with the government. How are you going about that? Or how how do you envision you guys going about that? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll start by answering your question with a story. Okay. Um, when we first got to Tallahassee, mm-hmm. I had a mutual connection in Huntsville who said, "Hey, there's this pastor that you need to meet when you get to Tallahassee." Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him on Facebook. We set up a lunch. It's in a college area, okay. and I find out that he's a young life pastor for Florida State University. Okay. So I meet with him. We talk. We're starting to build a relationship. Just kind of hearing his heart, hearing his story. Yeah. And then he asked me a question, which I knew it was the Holy Spirit through this divine appointment. He said, Aaron, what have you been praying about? Yeah. And that morning in my prayer journal, I prayed and wrote down, God, 
I would love to meet the mayor and pray with him. Mm. He said, dude, the mayor's like my best friend. Uh, uh, We went to school together. Uh, uh. I can reach out to the mayor and have him reach out to you. Y'all, Next, the next week, the mayor of Tallahassee emailed Melissa and I said, hey, here are your new church planners. Come hang out with us. Come meet with us. So we do that. We meet with the mayor. We hear his heart. We ask how we can serve, how we can partner. Hey, where are some pockets? Where are some hot spots that we can begin to bring the good to the city so we can really love our city? He pointed us in some directions, gave us some contact names just to begin to serve. And I said, hey, can we pray for you? He's like, absolutely. I welcome him. So we yeah. got to pray with the mayor. Wow about a month into the city. Wow. And so, so, so for me, <laughs> partnership is about meeting people where they are yeah. and letting God open up the door so that we can partner with people for the sake of the gospel. Right. Same kind of thing with different uh, pastors in the city. Um, went to a, Assemblies of God Church, met him, uh, met a Southern Baptist pastor, met him, and just trying to find ways to cultivate prayer as a starting place of partnership. Yeah, and so trying to do that and make that consistent in this yeah. season is, is key. And I, and I think moving forward, I think we really want to make sure that our posture of partnership doesn't wane, wow. that it's going to take the whole church to yeah. reach the whole city. Yeah, that's right. And um, you can't, we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah, well, I, I can just say as a person, I mean, having planted a while back now, um, to not lose that desire to, to partner and even to give parts of yourself away, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, not, not the core pieces, you know, but how can we help? How can we serve? Yeah. How can, how can we promote whatever you're doing or, 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 or if you're already doing it, we don't need to, <laughs> that <laughs> serves good. you so well as a church planner. Yeah. Um, but it takes a ton. You got to set self aside. Yeah. You got to keep setting self aside, keep setting yeah. self aside. And yeah. there are going to be days when like, Jesus, what is it, my turn? Yeah. But boy, what a, what a gift that's, and, and that God has taught you that so early yeah. in this journey. Mm-hmm. And I hear a pattern in that conversation with the mayor that started with prayer. Yeah. And, and then you just kind of as an outflow of prayer, mm-hmm. this is what I'm, this is what I'd you know, I'm developing a passion for when you're in a conversation with somebody and, and then it happens. So yeah. that kind of organic thing, but it always starts in the place of prayer. Yes. That's where the best stuff happens yeah. in the place of prayer. Not so-and-so did it, so I better do it too. Right. And that, that's so tempting, Carolyn. <laughs> The, 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 the scroll trap on, on social media is a real thing. The comparison trap, just scrolling. So one, one thing that has helped us and even with our core team I'm, I'm challenging even even myself in this. Like the, the secret place is the starting place yeah. every day. Yeah. And so finding ways to practically be disciplined in the Holy Spirit, put your phone down, <laughs> turn the laptop off and yeah. go be with Jesus yeah. just for Jesus. Right. Like right. not for a sermon, <laughs> no. not for strategizing in the city, but like just to be with him. Yeah. Right. He's the goal. Yeah. Right. So as a new church planner, Um, there is 7,413 different ways to, you know, plant churches out there Mm -hmm. and strategies and models and all of those different things. And so how do you, um, or how have you and how are you? I'm thinking about that moment with Saul and David in the tent before Goliath, Mm. where Saul goes, here's my armor. Here's (laughs) how you go do this in Tallahassee. Here's how you do this. To have the wisdom and self-awareness to go, okay, there's some wisdom here. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is how God's called me. And how do you how how are you how do you wrestle with that? Yeah. Of of getting the wisdom. I'm thinking of like 
people that are listening right now or listen later, church planners that are in that in that moment, or people just starting new ministries. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you take that wisdom from those that have been around you that learned some things, but but walk it out in the way that God's called you and your wife specifically to as this call together to walk it out. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you two examples. Um, so we have a church planning friend who is planning in Huntsville, Alabama, right now, and they're doing incredible. Uh, and and the model that the Lord gave them was really focusing on being in the city, launch parties, get it real big quick, and then really invest in the community. And, and they're doing it well, and that's that's the model the Lord gave them. And it's beautiful, but it's not our our model that God gave us in this season right now. So the challenge right now is saying, hey, I see God working in them. I'm going to choose to celebrate yeah. and not compare. Come right? on. So good. And so like that's that's something that the Lord constantly checks me on. <laughs> yep. And then the other thing is even personally, so before we were sent to Tally, uh, I served as a college pastor in Huntsville. So we, we did college ministry in Huntsville for seven years. Wow. And so that was something that we knew that, that we had walked with. Yeah. But now we're in Tallahassee and and the Lord has been challenging me saying, Aaron, you can't do what you did with yeah, yesterday's yeah. grace. Right, right, like right. That, like, like, like there's grace for today yeah. wow. in this season. And so I've had to take off old armor from a previous season because the way we did college ministry in Huntsville, that's not the new wineskin for Tallahassee. So I'll, I'll get real practical. When we started college ministry in Huntsville, it was student led. Students in our church and students that we met on campus. Mm-hmm. That's not working in Tallahassee because we don't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> we, have no, yeah. we have no relational equity, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so in a new city where we're meeting new people, the the starting place for us is, is partnership. Yeah. So we, we partner with gospel ministries on campuses and say, hey, how can we serve? How can we come alongside in your disciple-making ministry? What can we do to help? Yes. So the last two months we've been doing that with two college ministries on two colleges, campuses in the city of Tallahassee. So in Huntsville, I wouldn't have done that. But that's, it it just kind of reminds me of of, of David. I think it's uh, somewhere in Samuel 1 Chronicles. He goes to the Philistines. God says, go attack. He attacks straight on. And then he inquires of God and Gideon, and God says, no, don't go straight out and just attack directly. Go around from the back into the balsam trees, and I'm going to go out in front of you. Yeah. And when you hear the sound of marching in the balsam trees, then you go out for you know that the Lord has gone out before you. Yeah. So it's, it's not just for us. Obedience is, is flexible obedience. Yeah. Being in step with the Spirit mm-hmm. and not trying to do what worked last time, yeah. but trust Him for today. Yes, yes. I need to make sure you have my card so that when you start looking at other people's ministries that are that are those those big box rapid growth that model yeah. and you're comparing it to yours you need my card so I can call you and talk uh, so you can call me and I can talk you off the ledge because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that yeah. is the that is where Satan will get you mm. every single time yeah. if he can get you to compare yourself to somebody else mm-hmm. he has won mm. and uh, boy he can do such a number on your yeah. on your just your you know your your energy for the work yeah. just by getting you to compare yourself with somebody mm. else. That's so, good, That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So, wait, so I, w- I want to end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, thank you. Like I said, thank you for being at New Room. Yeah. Like, you're a voice that's going to be here. Like you said, we, we talked just before, like, you, you were feeling like this is family. Like, this feels like yeah. family. Yeah. Um, and so, I, what I'd love to do, it looks like, I'm, I'm, can I pull like a, a, a audible? Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, we're hearing it. I'm getting a no. Okay, from the side. Okay, so here's what I'd like to do. Here's what I'd like to do. 
Carolyn, I would just love you to pray over Aaron. Absolutely. And their church and Velissa and, and their ministry. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. So Lord Jesus. Yeah. And and if you're if you're online, just uh, enter into prayer with us. Set down what you're doing, set Thank down you your lunch yeah. and enter into prayer with us. And and so Lord, I want to pray first for Aaron and Velissa. I want to pray, God, that you yes. pour out over them yes. a you, fresh Jesus. dose of encouragement yes. and a fresh wind and a fresh fire for the work Thank you, Holy that God has called them to in Tallahassee yeah. to be not only uh, a witness and a model, but 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 evangelists mm. and uh, and and to be an um, and to be a voice, a, a prophetic voice over that city. Thank that you, they Lord. that they would no longer be the city people pass through, but the city, the gateway yeah. mm. uh, for the gospel. Lord, I am, you, I am Lord. praying that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And I am praying, God, uh, for for their their stamina. Mm. I'm praying for their um, for their personal life together, for their relationship to Thank each you, other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm praying, God, that you keep that that you by your strength. Would would um, would Thank keep them Spirit. strong. Mm. You be their strength, Lord. Yes. Let your joy be their strength. Yeah. And I pray that in Jesus' name. We also want to pray over the Foursquare tribe. Lord, Mm. thank you for now 99 years, almost 100 years of faithfulness to the gospel of Jesus Christ and all the ways that the Foursquare tribe has has, uh, witnessed to the world Mm -hmm. um, just the beauty of seeing men and women in partnership, of seeing seeing a multi-ethnic gospel and a global gospel. God, Mm. thank you for all the ways ways that they have served the body of Christ and witnessed to the body of Christ. And I pray, God, for this this fresh wind that seems to be coming yes. through right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, yes. Lord, I'm praying that that fresh wind would just blow through and would just be such a mighty yes. work, such a mighty offering mm-hmm. to the body of Christ Amen. through the, the next thing that the Foursquare Church offers the world. And Lord, yeah. we thank you for all the ways you provide. We love, honor, and worship you, Jesus. Yes, we do. We pray this in your name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank y'all so much for having me. Absolutely. Honored to have you. You know, Carolyn, as we here at the Woodlands Methodist Church, and part of my role and my job um, is uh, we're, you know, working on class meeting. My job is formation, discipleship formation, and um, we're getting ready to uh, launch bands this fall. And, uh-huh. uh, and so we have our men's yeah. conference, small plug, you're all invited uh, to the men's conference. So come on. Uh-huh. And, uh, but Dr. Kevin Watson is preaching and, and they were launching bands and we're doing this thing. And a lot of it came out of this conversation where we're having spiritual mothers and fathers yes. over individual bands and yes. just for, but I loved his language, gospel papas and gospel mamas. I love that. And you know what? The, you know, the phrase that I love that he uses is humble curiosity. Yeah. I, I, I love that idea in your conversations with either if you're an, if you're an older adult or a middle-aged adult, or I don't know how to use, I don't know what the right term is for people my age, but for being my age, if you're having a conversation with a younger person to have the kind of humble curiosity that asks questions so I know one thing that happens and among people our age is we tend to mask all the stuff we don't know about technology mm. or about whatever the culture's doing right now. Rather than masking what you don't know, why don't you just ask good questions? That's what humble curiosity is. And then for for um for younger adults and students to have the to have the humility to understand that someone with a little age and experience on them 
they're actually they're actually like walking libraries yeah, um, and a yes. place to find good wisdom. And so um, so humble curiosity um, among your what, what was the phrase you mamas and papas? I can't remember uh, what it was. Gospel, gospel papas and gospel, gospel mamas. mamas and, yeah, gospel papas and gospel mamas having spiritual curi- humble spiritual curiosity about gospel mamas and gospel papas. Yeah, yeah. I think that I love that intergenerational piece of his um, and what he brought to the table there, you know, as a church planner starting there, you know, starting with that intentionality. Yeah. I loved your question around like moves and, and you know, being a four square church um, and gifts of the spirit. You know, I loved his language. He was like, they're gateways to the gospel and they're the primary way that we share the gospel with others. So not only are they a gateway Amen. to the gospel, but they're the primary right. way. You know, and one of our one of our key things have been from the when we started this podcast um, in the early days of 2020, before the world went crazy and uh, yeah. tried to figure this out. But it was we want to hear firsthand accounts of supernatural ministry, and so right. to see this little church, you know, which little big doesn't matter, whatever. But to see this church gather around this woman who's like, "Hey, I got an eye doctor's appointment. It looks kind of bad." And then, and then to go, and then the church gets to like give testimony to the glory of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, and that just yes. starts that you know it was it's good to hear another firsthand account. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in the denomination or the tribe to do that too. The Foursquare Church with Jack yeah. Hayford, um, with under under Jack Hayford's leadership, especially just just found such integrity in the use of the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so impressed with. Uh, with how Jack Hayford walked out his life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, everybody, Mm -hmm. thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for being with us. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know what you're doing this summer, uh, but here's what I know. Um, Shameless plug for, and I didn't ask for permission. I don't know if you're traveling, getting on a plane, train, or automobile, but hey, it's a great summer to read. And so why don't pick up the book, When Women Lead by Carolyn, Ah. a great book. Um, as we get back into it, sign up for conference. It's going to be, I'm, I'm just, I'm more, I mean, we're a few months out, but I am more, yeah. um, I've got a higher level of anticipation and faith going into this conference than I've had. Um, and I always have a pretty high level, but I'm, I cannot wait. So I want you to be there with us. Uh, we are so thankful that you are with us. Go be a blessing to others as you have been blessed by God. We love you and we'll see you next week. Take care.